Aloha, I'm Clifford from your Manoa Safeway. Can't decide what to eat? Whether it's lunch or dinner, you'll find a perfect meal in the Safeway Deli. Handcrafted sandwiches, fresh sushi prepared by our in-house chefs, signature salads, our famous fried chicken and tenders. Add a side like creamy mashed potatoes or mac and cheese, all fresh and ready to go every day. Stop by this week to get a hot deal on rotisserie chicken, only $5.88 each with in-hand coupon. This is Clifford from Manoa Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Tonight was really bad. Like, There's always like one game a season where your kids just decide that there's everything else going on around them is more interesting than soccer. And yeah. hopefully tonight was just that one time that that happens this year. Because the amount of times where I had to stop kids from like literally just standing, facing each other, talking to each other while the ball was in play. Too many to count. Are you coaching seven-year-olds or are you coaching Arsenal? Both. Damn. <laughs> Right. I'm an Arsenal the, fan, so I get to say that. It's it, the Arsenal it, Youth Academy. We, okay, we, we that teach, makes we, sense. We teach them at an early age. Yeah, so the next 30 years are going to be great. To not, right. Yeah, to not pay attention to the ball and just kind of look You can around. thank John for Arsenal's shitty play. There you go. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the fourth and short. Hey, what's up, Brian? This is Brian, and uh, that's Brad, who decided to rudely interrupt (laughs) me, much like our friend John, a.k.a. Zach Sanchez, tried to do last week, but he didn't shake me like that happened. You you handled it much better this week. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that. (laughs) I do. I mean, I handled that a lot better than the Panthers did against the Saints. You're you're a fast learner. You need a way to adjust on the fly. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to have to change it up on him. (laughs) Something can't like run. Shula's not good at either. Yeah, we can't run, can't the, run the same play every time. Oh, see, that's what I was going to say, and I was polite enough to let you say it instead. You're welcome. I appreciate that. You guys are so predictable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at these pertinent jokes we're bringing to the table right off the bat. Yeah, all these <laughs> uh, just hard-hitting jokes. Um, so, yeah, Panthers game obviously sucked. They Offense sucked. Defense sucked. Special teams. Special teams sucked. Special teams sucked. Um, you know, it was just an all-around shit show. Uh, not really characteristic of what we've seen from the Panthers over the last two weeks, but they also faced, you know, a legit NFL offense, and that legit NFL offense made them look like a not-legit NFL defense or a legit NFL team in general. So uh, I'll start with you, John. What, what were your opinions on this past weekend? So- I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. I have my little list of, of notes that I wanted to talk about. The top thing I have typed in is Shula's play calling is predictable. I know that's a hot take, but that was the number one thing that I had on my mind after the game. So, yeah. Uh, like, for example, I'm, so I'm at the game, and I think I think it was it was on the, McCaffrey, the interception that went off McCaffrey's hand. I said to my girlfriend, we're going to throw a slant here because it was like third and six or something. And granted, in Shula's credit, it wasn't your typical wide receiver slant. But 
same concept. McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, ran an in-breaking route, slanting over the middle of the field. As we do, 99% of the time, it's third and intermediate. And, of course, Cam didn't make a great throw and tip drill interception. So, it just, it's... The other thing is, not only is it probably super easy to plan for as a defensive coordinator, it's just gotten really boring to watch as a fan. What do you say, Brad? I pretty much agree with what John just said. I mean, you're watching the game on TV, and you pretty much know what's going to happen. And we're not professional coaches or evaluators or whatever. We're just fans who like to watch football, and we know pretty much what the play is going to be before it happens. That's not good. And it's not even like generic, like Tony Romo, like this is going to be a run. It's like specific, like this is the route we're about to try to throw. This is the direction that we're going to try to run it. Like it's, it's very obvious. And we don't even, and like you said, we're not coaches or coordinators or whatever. We're not sitting there watching the Panthers games, trying to pick up on these tendencies. They're just so apparent from casually watching the game that there's no way Sean Payton and uh, what's his name? Defensive coordinator didn't watch us and be like, and think. All right, this is this won't be too tough. Like we we talked about that first interception that Cam threw, the defensive back was breaking on the route before Cam even started to throw it. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up actually. Uh, so for those of you who don't remember the play, but there was a play where they praised the Saints defensive back because he was already breaking on the route for an interception, but Cam basically telegraphed that throw from the mesh with Jonathan Stewart. It was a fake read option play, and then he was gonna throw a slant and. Uh, Right as the mesh happened, you see Cam looking at the guy. So, yeah. as a former defensive back, I was like, that's going to go to that guy. And sure enough, that's where it went, and the defensive back broke on it. And it was an easy interception. And it's like, that's been part of the problem with, with uh, Cam Newton when they really try to force these quick passes and, like, short play-action passing game. It's just like, he's just not... He's too he, he telegraphs where the ball's gonna go at times. Like, especially when he's when he's hurt and he's not comfortable in the pocket, like almost anybody can tell you where the ball's gonna go on those routes. And it's like, you know, slant routes work, but not when you are like from the snap looking at, down the wide receiver, you know. So it could be just a simple issue with him not having the reps under his belt, but like when is that gonna be corrected, you know? Yeah. Well, Canadian Panther said he's like the uh we've run that play we run that play a couple times a game basically. And there's and you know where Cam's going with it. Oh my god, John. That wasn't me. Don't yell at that me. That was actually me, I'm sorry. <laughs> cool your jets, man. Oh my god, Brad. Okay, anyway Jesus. We're trying to be professional here. Brian would, you, Brian, would you please stop interrupting me? Um Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, Go ahead, John. You uh, have a yeah. Go ahead. Um, we run that. The thing is, is I under like even though telegraphing who he's throwing it to, the the exact play that it's going to be is very obvious. As soon as Cam does that mesh, you know not only is he throwing it to Funches if he pulls it, you know what route Funches is running. There's no, you know, like stop route. There's no drag route. There's no go route. It's all quick slant, little bang eight route, and you just just go to the spot. Kelvin Benjamin does the same thing. I posted it in the MMO comments today. Seven of his nine routes were the same route run to different depths. They're all just in routes. 
And, and you want to know the sad part? You bring up the drag route. There were I was looking at a uh, Billy and CP's like you know film breakdowns this over Twitter, and the drag routes were there too. Yeah, the sad part. Like Shepard was open, and he threw it to Christian McCaffrey instead between two defenders. Like Cam's just not making the right reads right now. And I don't know if it's. Too, I feel like I said this in our little Slack chat. But I feel like Cam's trying to stay in the pocket and be a pocket passer, but he's not comfortable in the pocket. And yeah, he's that's always bad. done that. That's not good for an offense that's trying to get the ball out quickly. Like, <laughs> and I have to, and it's I. They obviously know more than me. And the only defense I have for Cam in that respect is that if his first read is McCaffrey and he sees he has a chance to throw them all to McCaffrey, he doesn't have time on that quick of a play to look elsewhere and make sure nothing's more open before he throws it. But I don't but know. He did Cam's. have time though. Like, well, I'm saying, like, the timing of McCaffrey's route. Like, if, if McCaffrey's running a route like that, you don't have time to wait for him to come out of his break and keep going before you throw it to him. You kind of have to hit him in a very small window of time. It's debatable whether or not Cam should have said that this is the right throw to make, but I get... You're you're not wrong. You're, you're definitely not wrong in the sense of, like, that's his first read, throw it to him quickly. But Cam's got to be able to diagnose those kind of plays mm-hmm. from the pre-snap. That's that's the issue. Is yeah, like, I haven't gotten to see I don't it know what's that, going from... on with him, and maybe it's Ryan Khalil not being in the offense, but like on a play like that specifically, like you got the you got the drag route, and then Christian McCaffrey running the slant route at the backfield. That's not a play where you have to read it after the ball snapped. You should know based on the coverage that you're looking at that who you should be throwing the ball to in that sense. Like you should know, okay, the drag route might be there or the slant route might be there based on whatever this guy does. And he didn't make the right read clearly. Like, so it's, it's tough for me to not put that on cam because that's something where he's a veteran NFL quarterback. He should know at this point, like, Read this one guy. What is he doing? Okay, he breaks on the on the drag route, throw the slant. He breaks on the slant route, throw the drag. You know, and the drag was there. That would have been the right throw. That would have been the right read on that play. Yeah, I haven't seen it from. I all I've been. I saw it of the game. I haven't watched rewatched the game yet to see the replay. And I could definitely shift my uh, my blame to more in Cam's direction if uh, if I look and I see that he's there was something that was more obvious. And I'll take your word for it that they very well could have been. I just haven't seen it. It's just I'm it's, not an NFL quarterback. That's just like based on what I saw. Yeah, and the only, it looks like the drag would have been the right read, and mm-hmm. the drag probably would have been the second read, not in the third or fourth read. Yeah, I will say this, uh, and this isn't necessarily the case of this play in particular. There is a lot of or, or a lot of times, and it's not just with Cam; it's with every quarterback where people are watching the broadcast and they're like, "That guy was wide open. Why didn't he throw it to him?" It's like, "Well, because he was looking at the other side of the field because that's where he was supposed to look first. Like it's it's they can't right. see the whole field like the Bernard. It's not like playing a video game where you can see the whole field on your screen. That not saying that was the case this time. You very well could have just missed misread the coverage alignment, whatever, and, and made the wrong decision. Either way, I'm really tired of watching us throw the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage on every play. Way too far in the other direction from the last year. And speaking of that, in regards to Mike Shula. Uh, Brad, what 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 was your opinion on Mike Shula either Sunday or over the last three weeks? <laughs> I know you um, have things to say, so yeah. When I, a person who has never played a down of football in my entire life, I didn't even play pee wee football 
or high school football. When I can predict what's going to happen in any given situation, the exact play, the exact route, the exact read, the exact result, you should not have a job as an NFL offensive coordinator. You should not even have a job as a college offensive coordinator. If me, a random guy off the street, could scheme a defense to beat you, you don't deserve to work in the NFL. And, you know, one of the things that has bothered me, and um, I still haven't figured out why he said this, but there was a tweet earlier from Panthers Media where Mike Shula said, after watching the tape, he's more encouraged by what he saw from the offense. And I don't, I don't know what he saw that, that I didn't see, but it's kind of hard for me to be encouraged by what I saw when we couldn't even put up but 13 points against the worst defense that we've probably seen in the last 10 years in the NFL. Was it you that said something about that? That was the, the fewest points. I've heard somewhere that's the fewest points they've allowed in several years. It has to be. It has to be the fewest points they've allowed in at least the last three or four years. Because as we talked about last week, you know, when we talked with our Saints uh, guy on the last episode of the podcast, uh, they know that their defense is garbage. You know, even they were expecting this to be a, you know, 31 to 30 type game. And the the fact that we could only put 13 points is is laughable. And, you know, it's it's not going to change. Uh, that's, that's the worst part. It's not going to change this coming week when we play the Patriots and we'll talk more about that later. We're going to see the exact same thing. You know, we're, we're going to struggle because if, if the saints defense can scheme against us, you, you better damn be sure that, that Bill Belichick can scheme against us. And I don't think Mike Shula is the man for the job. Probably, you know, not. I, I've been I've been against Mike Shula as offensive coordinator since we hired him. You know, I, I was one of those who didn't even want to give him the opportunity because he's he's been mediocre everywhere he's gone. And we're at the point now where it's time to make a change. Um, take Cincinnati, for example. Their first two games, they didn't even score a touchdown. They looked horrible on offense. Andy Dalton looked like he didn't even belong in the NFL. What did they do? They changed their offensive coordinator, and if it weren't for the fact that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the, in the NFL, Cincinnati would have beaten Green Bay yesterday, and they looked really good on offense. They put up, you know, 20, 24 points. Uh, this is a team that didn't even know how to score points uh, two games into the season, but they made one key change, which is the person who is responsible for communi- communicating plays to the quarterback. And if the Panthers want to improve uh, this year, even with Cam's issues, um, Mike Shula's got to go. I have that exact quote for you. He said, if you can believe this or not, after watching the tape, I'm more encouraged than I was at this time last week. And my favorite reply to that tweet was uh, Matt Walker said, I'm more concerned after reading this than I was after leaving the game yesterday, which I thought was... A very, very nice That's response. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. And exactly so, how I feel. So, Brad, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. And we, we touched on this a bit in the Slack chat. Um, but there were the play, there were plays that 
could have been huge gains for Carolina where the scheming and the offensive play calling worked. I mean, like the Devin Funches play where Cam overthrew him by roughly two yards or the other play where he overthrew, uh, I think it was Funches, and threw it to, to the sideline. You know, those plays were schemed correctly, and the throw was correct, and Cam just missed it. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that Mike Shula is a elite offensive coordinator, and they've, if they fired him tomorrow, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But on there were several instances where the offense had the right play call, and this is not just this week. This is over the last two weeks where Cam just flat out missed the receiver. And, like, granted, yes, Mike Shula has to – changes has to make the adjustments for what the defense is giving him at times but it seemed like he did on in certain situations and cam just flat out missed the receiver and no matter what you do as an offensive coordinator if your quarterback misses that throw what can you do you know you can't you can't make the quarterback more accurate with your play calling so my issue mainly right now is that cam newton is not himself i think that they would be more successful if Cam was making the throws that he should be. He would, if he wasn't missing Christian McCaffrey in the end zone or missing Devin Funches with two steps on a defensive back, you know, it's, I'm not saying the fun that Shula is the long-term answer or that he's one of the upper echelon guys, but he did le- help lead an offense that was number one in scoring with much lesser weapons. Like Cam, a lot of that has to fall on Cam Newton and specifically his surgically repaired shoulder. Did he get? Did it get repaired too lo- too late, or is it just the rust? I don't know. But if Cam makes those throws, we're talk we're it's a whole different ball game. Come today when we're talking about the game after Sunday. Here's my rebuttal to that, and that's uh, yeah, Cam missed some throws, but every quarterback for every team misses throws and misses plays. Every team misses plays and misses opportunities. You can't have your back broken because of two missed throws. Yeah, Which but is, he missed tons of throws though. Mm, it wasn't not, just not yesterday. Two. He threw three picks that were all on him. But like in terms of like, that's the thing is like, and it's been an issue for as long as we've had Shula as our offensive coordinator. And this is a different take I have, and I'll get into that in a minute about the ball control offense. I'm starting to think is a really not great idea. But anyway, we talked about this last week. And we specifically said uh, Cam Newton, or like the Saints defense had allowed all those yards and completions and stuff on throws over 16 yards down the field. And we joked that we were never going to touch that. And we threw four out of 26 passes more than 15 yards down the field. And we threw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20 throws within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That's uh, not – one, that's not how Cam Newton is good. That's not where Cam Newton is, excels. That's not putting your player in the best chance to succeed. And that's making the – putting – and this is in general with the, how we try to limit possessions. You're asking a ton of him to hit every – to make no mistakes because there's no time. We, we limit the amount of time we have to make up for any mistakes he or anybody else makes. Yeah. We're – we're relying on Cam Newton to be perfect, yeah. and he's not. Nobody is. Yeah, he's less perfect than other quarterbacks, which is fine. He's still one of the better ones in the league. 
but he I, I think he's asked to do more than anybody else's in terms of the, the play the amount of you know how perfect he has to be and to elaborate on my thing I, I've gotten to thinking a little bit about this and you know how common knowledge conventional wisdom says control the clock control time of possession you win the game which in a sense may it, it's correct but kind of not in the way you expect. It's correct that if you have the ball more, you're probably a better team, and if you're a better team, you're probably winning. But the idea that we're better off like minimizing the amount of possessions we have in a given game, to me, is like playing Hoosier-style basketball, where the less possessions your, your teams have in a given game, the more likely a fluke play or busted coverage or turnover or whatever is going to affect the outcome. And that's what you want if you're outmatched. And we play like we're outmatched every week, basically. We try to keep the other team off the field. We try to play really, and we didn't. We've been better with Wilkes, but it's just kind of we feel like we play like we're scared we're going to lose every game, and we're doing our best to not lose it. And if we win as a byproduct of not losing, then we're good to go. And that's especially true yeah. with our offensive approach. Well, yeah, keeping that... the ball keeping the ball out of the off the other offense's hands does make sense, but your off your offense has to be effective for that to be an effective way of going about things. So I, I just say keeping yeah. the offense, the ball to the other team's hand, like you guys are going to get roughly the same amount of possessions anyway. You know what I mean? But theoretically, like if you keep a defense on the field for the majority of the game and you're scoring touchdowns, yeah, you're they're going to get tired. Yeah. But when you're scoring, when you're kicking field goals, you're essentially like a field goal is not even one score. So you get two, you get two drives where, you get two field goals and the other team gets lucky and throws a touchdown that nullifies all the work you did to get to that, that point. And that's, so that's a huge problem. That That's the issue is that, is that Mike Shula's Mike Shula's concepts, as far as uh, keeping the ball, of the other offense's hands is good. As far as keeping the off the defense fresh is fine, but he's not, they're not affect. They're not putting the nail in the coffin with those kind of drives. They're not scoring. What have, what have we done? Kick what eight what nine field goals this year so far? No seven, eight probably goals. something like that. Eight field goals so far, and we've scored three touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, something that's like not that. good. Yeah, it's not a good convert. That's not a good rate ratio. Yeah, uh, that's not going to allow your defense to really settle in because you're not putting the scoreboard ahead and forcing the offense to be one dimensional because. In a perfect world, you hold on to the ball for a lot for as long as Carolina has. You score touchdowns. The offense on the other side gets one dimensional. You pin your ears back. You go after them on the pass rush. It makes sense, but when your offense isn't converting those into touchdowns, then it's not as much about that as much as just trying to stay ahead. We definitely are missing that factor we had in 2015, which I I think a big thing that kind of people forget, but they're not even making that as a joke, but for real. We got ahead early in almost every single one of those games, which maybe basically we were playing with an advantage every single game. That helped the defense out a ton. We haven't had that in the last couple of years. Part of that's from just not a lot of that's from just not converting in the ends in the red zone, or even more vaguely on the other team's half of the field. We got on their half. I I sat in the end zone, and so two quarters of the game, the Panthers were driving towards me. I don't even think they crossed midfield to give the two quarters they're coming in my direction. And that's against the worst defense we've ever seen. That's not good. Yeah, that's that's what analysts would say is not good. 
here's another shul effect that I made a note of. Um, I get that we were running the ball well. Uh, in the first half, we ran the ball 17 times, and we threw the ball 10 times. It's not running more than passing. It's not exactly balanced. I would like to see more balance than that. Um, and on top of that, of those 10 pass attempts, Cam completed six for 21 yards. Six pass completions for three and a half yards per completion in the first half. Uh, yeah, the lack of uh, separation is startling. That's I think that Samuel and Samuel and uh, McCaffrey are the guys who are going to get the separation. But when the team against us is scheming against McCaffrey, and you're putting it all on Samuel to get that separation, it's just not good. So, and then but we're I think on that punches. Carolina having the deep the deeper passing game on Pat, where Cam can actually hit those passes consistently. Is gonna is gonna make things better, and we we know that Cam can do that. Like Cam was one of the best deep passing quarterbacks in the league over the last five years. It's just he's got this shoulder thing he's trying to work through, and now he's missing passes by two, three, five yards. So now you're taking away that aspect of the offense consistently, and now it's just okay. We just have to protect against the run game and the five yard passing game. So. Here's here's something I just I just I just looked this up. I, we talked about the not pushing the ball down the field, and I don't know what Cam's shoulder feels like, whatever. Against Buffalo in week two, we threw seven of Cam's thirty-two passes went more than fifteen yards in the field, and the majority of his throws, I think, are like fifty-fifty of his throws were more than ten yards down the field. So I don't know if his shoulder was sore or what, but we went from throwing half the ball down half the balls or from miss. Greg and KB that much, where half our throws were going down the field, to where last week nothing was going down the field. I don't know if his shoulders bothered him. I don't know if we were, if it was our game plan, for which made no sense. But that's Cam's the- rusty, and he's not he's not bringing the fundamentals in to make the correct throws with his footwork, with his positioning. You know, he's throwing off his back foot a lot, and we all know quarter for quarterbacks that's a bad way of making a precise pass down the field so yeah i um well he's never done that i'm not too concerned about the fundamental stuff yeah he's he's got the arm talent to go for it do the other thing i think is a big thing um i i kind of backed off on this a little bit after last week but then now that Funches had to be Funches is not good he, he that's a hot take is it really? It's really not. Um. He got four. Of, he got four. He's like, yeah, he had four catches for whatever he had, sixty some yards. He got targeted ten times. It's the same thing he's always had when he was not even a focal point, and now when he is a focal point, for whatever reason, he just not catch. He didn't even catch half his targets, and you can't say that's all on Cam because he's the only one that's catch rate is that bad. Well, I can think of three different targets where Cam missed him or threw a bad pass. Yeah, but, but... it's been a trend for his whole career. And but you can't fault him for the passes that don't make it to him. Like and you also can't fault Cam for the ones that Devin Funches just drops or just but isn't either, in the right I, spot. I can't think of any. Or he's, yeah, he runs of, the wrong route or whatever. I can't think of any situations over the last over the season where he dropped passes. Like when Cam's thrown a good pass to him, he's made the catch. Like he doesn't win any contested catches though. No, he doesn't. They might not be drops. No, but. I don't know, man. Those bang eight routes were not were not like wide open catches for him, and he made those catches. Those are like the only things so, he catches, though. 
He catches bang eights and Bradsford standing still wide open down the field. Um, he also doesn't know I what just, to do with his I'm feet to, when he catches the ball. He had one. I'm just trying tripped. to say that the issue seems to be more with who's throwing the ball right now and his injury to his shoulder than Funches because Funches has been arguably the most consistent receiver for the Panthers since Greg Olson got hurt. Well, that was. I mean, one week. Ben, <laughs> or a week and a half. A week and a half, but. Benjamin's got like Benjamin had his catch and granted he got hurt this past week. There's no avoiding that, but it's just Bunches has been the only guy who's done anything for the Panthers since Olsen got hurt, really. Yeah. Like, it, Benjamin had a good week last week, which is great, but you need somebody else. You need anybody else. And Funches has been the only guy who stepped up. He's yeah, but I think that's more of just being available more than actually being good. Um yeah, he got four of six targets in week two, which is a good – that's a good thing. Four of ten is not good. In week one, I'm not going to go back and do all of it. But his, his catch rate's always been bad for three years in the league. I just – there's something to it besides just it just bad luck that KM misses him more than he misses other receivers. Like Ted Ginn, who runs a ton of routes deep down the field, has a much higher catch rate, and he's notorious for dropping passes. He's a much higher but catch you're rate. But you're comparing two Bunches. totally different players with – Funches and get okay. Every player like, compare every player with Funches, and they're all better than Funches in terms of his catch rate. Um, you want to except throw, for Brenton Burson? <laughs> it's Brenton, oh yeah, Brenton Burson's pretty bad. Too. But Ginn right, is, Ginn is a deep Ginn is a guy where you take the top off the defense with him. Funches is obviously not that. Yeah, and that's what I'm there saying. Were two different. There were two different situations where Cam missed him this past week on intermediate passes, like. I'm not saying that you're wrong and that Funches needs work, but you can't fault him for a pass he can't catch, you know? I'll ask you this. What's Funches good at? He's good at uh, getting one open route. down. He's getting. He's good at He's good at one-on-one throws down the field. That's what he's been good at for his entire career. And I feel like he's not getting the right opportunities because Cam's just throwing it out of bounds or throwing it five yards ahead of him. I just, I just, I, what I saw from yesterday, he had four catches. Two of them, he looked super unnatural catching the ball on the four out of the four he caught. One of them, he basically couldn't keep his feet moving when he caught it and he got his legs stuck in the ground and fell over. And the other one, he caught, and I, I can't remember exactly, but he caught and he kind of turned up the field and stumbled around a little bit, even though nobody was near him. And it's just been a, I just, he's good at those little bang eight routes, but I just, Nothing else really stands. I, I think he's utterly super replaceable as a wide receiver, and he's definitely not good enough to carry the load if Benjamin and Olsen miss time. Well, Olsen is missing time. If Benjamin misses any time, it's, that's a huge hit to our offense because Funches can't carry the load. He can't separate if he plays man coverage. I don't think he's strong enough going after the ball if you try to give him contested catches. And for whatever reason, if it's just whatever, Cam and him just don't seem to connect very well. He's also... I don't know if this is normal. I said this in our Slack chat. He takes like an hour and a half to get back to the huddle after every play. Like he's he'll be like forty yards down the field on the deep route, and he doesn't get back to the huddle. He takes him the whole like twenty seconds to get back to the huddle, and by the time he gets there, they're breaking the huddle, and he just does like a little drive by, listen to the play, and run back out to his position. And I don't know if that's normal, but it's it was not a good look from the from the from the stands. I have a lot of right, bad. Well, I have a lot of hot Devin Funches takes right now. 
Well, we we definitely have dissenting opinions on that, but we can we'll definitely revisit them as the season progresses. But yes. um, you guys, have anything else you want to say? Fire Mike Shula. Yeah, I have one thing. I have a positive. I have a positive from yesterday, uh, or from Sunday, when um you you know that delay of game penalty that we got because the referees wanted us to get a delay of game penalty. Oh yeah, the 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 one where they held the ball and then forced us to get a delay of penalty yeah. game penalty. Yeah, I remember they're, that. There's yeah. they're like, oh yeah, we got the defense sub. Everybody's sitting there waiting for like ten seconds, and the ref is just I don't know what he's looking at. It's like, wait, I don't know. Are they gonna sub? No, wait. What maybe? Wait. Okay, there's one second left. Go, and then just like uh, the fact that they and I wish it would at least like explain it instead of just saying oh it's a delay of game and like acting like they didn't do any they had no part in it or anything. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, the offense came back out to run that next play, and the crowd was booing. And Trey, I don't know if you saw this on TV, Trey Turner did like the whole like quiet down arm motions, and it got silent fast. Everybody, everybody listened to Trey Turner. I thought that was kind of funny. Nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame I can't blame the crowd because like, listen listen to your all pro guard, listen to him. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. But then, and then after the yep. play was over, everybody started booing again. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the ref, uh, a couple possessions later, or like after we scored, we're kicking the ball off, and the ref came in front of my or my section uh, to wait for the kickoff, and everybody booed him when he walked by the crowd. So people held that held that against the referees for a solid fifteen minutes. Good on you, Panthers fans. Keep it up. Yeah, and don't tell people to sit down when they're standing up when the deep, the defense is trying to make a red zone stop. That happened too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and on that you note, don't, if if you want people in front of you to sit down, watch the game at home. Yeah, especially in you a know. key situation. If they're standing up the entire time, and I get it, not everybody can stand the whole time. Jesus, somebody recording at a drag strip. Um, if you don't, if you can't stand the whole time, that's fine. If you if you want people to sit down in different situations, that's fine. If the defense is trying to make a red zone stop. That's people are going to stand up. They even say that. Yeah. They even say that on the PA system. They say everybody get on your feet. Sound to make some noise. They, they say that stuff. Like let, let people stand up. Yeah, that that's how it works. Like like you said, I could understand it if it's you know if it's in the first quarter and it's you know twenty to nothing already. Yeah, and yeah you get the ball so on your own twenty yard can. line. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. But you know, fourth down or third down, defense on the field. Yeah, stand up. That's the way it works. That's part of being there. If, Damn that's straight. part of being there, and if you can't do that, then just watch it at home. Yeah, nothing wrong with it, but that's that's uh, that's how football stadiums are work. That's you're part of the you're kind of a part of the team in a sense when you're out there. Uh, you're not going to kick back in a recliner and 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 watch silently. Just you don't even have to make noise. Just just let other people make noise. It's okay. Just don't tell other people to stop. That was that was agreed. Okay, we can go now. No, I agree. It's <laughs> you're at a live football game. Make some noise. It helps your it helps your team. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and end it there. Uh, so stay tuned, CSR followers slash other listeners. Uh, we're gonna have a guest from a a friend of mine who is a also a uh, avid reader of the Pat's Pulpit on here. 
on Thursday to talk about the Patriots beating the crap out of the Panthers. So that's going to happen. And uh, Brad and John will hopefully be here for that, and we'll have some fun with that. So, see you guys. Any last the... words? Oh, I'm, no, I'm good. I said my I said my last. Fire words. Mike Shula. <laughs> Fire Mike Shula, indeed. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and you guys have a pleasant day. If you take a step towards me, Later. you will take my breath away. So I'll keep you close and keep my secrets safe. No one else has ever loved me No one else has ever tried I never understood How much I could take Then I saw the worst was over When I laid my eyes on you It was all that I could do To know my place Out of all the past illusions Out of all the dreams come true If you cry out for more, if you
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.